Good morning, Alan. You had a very detailed meeting at Wexford County Council yesterday, a county meeting, and uh, high on the agenda in your address was a situation within Ukraine. What is the situation as we speak, Tom? Yeah, we're seeing um, quite a few Ukraine refugees arriving into Ireland, uh, as you know. And I just got the figures there on Sunday. And up to Sunday, there's been 13,200 refugees have arrived into the country. And just over 1,200 of those have come, come in directly into Rothlier Europort. And uh, through the uh, IPAS, which is the, a branch of the Department of Children, which provides accommodation for refugees, uh, the council has identified uh, accommodation um, facilities within the county for about 350 to 400 of the refugees. And they have been accommodated here in various accommodations from holiday homes to hotels and so on within the county. So we're seeing um, significant numbers coming in here. Uh, and we expect that the numbers coming into Ross Lair your report are going to increase significantly in the coming weeks as there are further ferries uh, put on and as there are larger ferries as well that are put on for the, the holiday season. So um, this is a, uh, going to be, a, 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 I think, cause a huge challenge yes. for us in terms of providing accommodation for the numbers of refugees that we're, we're expecting into the country. If you look at what the United Nations are saying at the moment, there's about 10 million Ukrainian uh, refugees on the move and Ireland has committed to take in up to 2% of that number which would be if, if that total arrived here that could be up to 200,000 people uh, arriving into the country at a time when um, we have a housing crisis so we're going to have to look at all different types of options in terms of accommodation and the council has surveyed quite a few buildings around the county, uh, institutional buildings, you know, uh, former schools, convents and so on. And um, I think some of those are going to have to be repurposed to provide accommodation for refugees. All right. You also talked yesterday about the number who have relatives here in Ireland, but uh, you, I think you said that up to 50% have no connections and some even have the even have the, the price of diesel in their cars. Mm, yes, yeah, yeah. There's about, um, at the start when... Uh, the refugees started arriving in here about three weeks ago. About two-thirds of those had family and friends in the country. They travelled on to meet those. Most of them were arriving by car, coming into, into Rossier Europort. And, um, but we've seen that, that, that the number of people that have been accommodated by family and friends decreasing. And currently about 50% of the people, uh, of the refugees arriving in, have no accommodation and have to be provided accommodation uh, through um, IPASS. Um, and the, the council has assigned a number of staff then to work with, uh, with IPAS um, to provide the accommodation options, not just here in Wexford, uh, but, but throughout the country. Uh, IPAS has identified about 60 hotels uh, in Ireland, and um, uh, they are assigned with refugees. So the whole thing is a logistical challenge as well, because what we're trying to do is to match people with suitable accommodation and to match people in locations where they have family and friends so that they don't, they're not looking to relocate again. And also we need to match children with locations where there's capacity in the schools to accept new pupils. Um, so that's, that's what we're trying to do here with, with uh, the response that's been, been made. Okay, there's um, also other issues, Tom, in relation to, say, guard vetting when families want to take in people, and also the whole area of school transport. You refer to these as well. These are all problems that perhaps people wouldn't be aware of, but uh, it's very important to highlight them here this morning. It is, yeah. There, there is um, all of those type of issues um, um, have to be addressed. Um, the, you know, as you mentioned, we see the refugees arriving in by car in, into Rosslare, 
and they don't even have the money to put diesel or petrol in the car to get to the part of the country that they need to get to. So there's been a huge volunteer effort um, at, at local level in Ross Lair to provide supports to the, the refugees that are arriving in. And, um, you know, we've seen fantastic work that, that done there with Sean Boyce and the Ross Lair Harbour Friends of Ukraine, who have now, together with the, the Wexford Volunteer Centre with, with Jane Byrne, have about 150 volunteers that are helping out there uh, with the, the refugees that they arrive in. So the, the, the process, I suppose, as, as people come into the country, into Ross Lair, is that they uh, go through immigration first, and then the Department of Social Protection has a, a desk set up then, and they then process people for giving them a PPS number and giving them whatever social welfare benefits they're entitled to. Uh, and then they are provided then through IPAS and the council are provided with accommodation either in Wexford or some other part of the country. Yes. Uh, and then the, the local volunteers then provide them with support in terms of food, clothing okay. uh, and other assistance that they can give them together with providing them with, as I said, monies for, uh, for for fuel to get to where they want to go to. And there's been, as you've seen, Alan, there's been fantastic fundraising across the county uh, to help with, not just with the refugees arriving in here, but also to send, send supports right over to the Ukraine as well to help people there. We've seen where Wexford Rotary Club and Wexford Lions Club have raised funding that's going directly to the efforts in Ross Lair yes. uh, to help with the people coming in to give them the proper... A number of the, the councillors, Tom, raised a number of issues. Uh, Councillor George Lawler uh, talked about integration, finding people's skill set and working with them. Uh, he referred to 100,000 vacancies in the hospitality. And perhaps in the health sector could also be looked at, uh, and, and the caring sector. Are these areas that could benefit, and how, how difficult would that be to implement what he has suggested? Yeah, I think um, I, I think what Councillor Lawler said was is very appropriate. It's something that's already been considered. Um, you know, you've seen figures over the last few months where there's about uh, vacancies of up to hundred thousand staff needed for the hospitality sector. Um, so if we're into, if we are taking tens of thousands of people coming into the country, there may be an opportunity that some of those already have skills in that area and may be able to get employment there. I think it should be noted that if you look at the European Directive that was passed earlier this month that gives the refugees the same entitlements as Irish citizens in terms of employment. So these people are, um, you know, entitled to take up employment. And, and I think we'll want to do, and we see that already with some refugees that have arrived in, they are looking for employment. And I think there'll be an opportunity here. If you remember just a short few years ago, back in 2017 and 18, uh, the council accommodated 47 Syrian families, uh, just under 200 people, uh, in, into County Wexford. And those people have settled here really well. Uh, the Syrian refugees that came here, and many of those had qualifications in the health sector, and many of those are now working in the health sector, and uh, you know are, are, are um, where there was a lot of vacancy, and, okay. and are providing um, those services. Now. So I think there is opportunities there. Certainly, I just saw the figures last night from the the Red Cross, who are coordinating the uh, offers of accommodation within people's homes, or people out of a second home, a holiday home, that have made those offers to the Red Cross, and the Red Cross is is going through those at the moment, and I think those are going to be needed right. as we run out of other types of accommodation. So in County Wexford, there's been just under 900 offers of accommodation. So we're, uh, and we're seeing a huge amount of women and children coming into the country. Um, it's, it's, as, as you know, that's the, the cohorts that are coming here. Many young men are staying back in the Ukraine to, to continue to fight. But so um, where you have women and children that are going in to be sharing accommodation with people, people do have to be Garda vetted. Yes. And I know the Garda now are ramping up that processing uh, to try and get the Garda vetting done as quickly as possible so that 
uh, refugees can be placed in people's homes. All right, uh, uh, Councillor Ger Carty said the demands on the fundraisers are huge. He talked, I think, about a sum of €20,000. And I think he was among several councillors who called for a more unified approach, uh, joined up thinking and support from state agencies. Can that happen or will that happen, Tom? Yes, yeah, that, that's starting to happen, Alan. <clears throat> it's something we as, as county councils have been calling for for the last few weeks. Um, if you remember when the, the pandemic, pandemic struck here two years ago, uh, the council established a community response forum. And that was a body that met weekly at, at the time, which involved the HSE, the Gardaí, the Department of Education, the Red Cross, the Civil Defence, and so on. All the various responsible agencies, including the volunteer sector as well. So that, that group was pulled together, uh, which then coordinated the response to the pandemic. So it provided the supports for, at, remember when people had to, to stay within their own homes, particularly elderly and vulnerable people, and it provided the support to make sure that they got their groceries, that they got their medication, that they got what they needed. So what's happening now at national level is that we've been asked to reconvene the community response forum to bring that group back together, because it's the same agencies that would need to be responding. It's the same volunteer effort that's going to be required to be able to give a proper response here in Wexford to this crisis. So we had the first meeting again of that reconvened forum uh, Wednesday before last, and there's further meeting uh, convened for this Friday. And that's going to be the uh, how the, the response for the community effort is going to be coordinated through that community response forum. So all of those bodies will be brought together. Uh, we'll all share information. We'll all look at what are the issues here. How can we best provide the supports? How can we stop a duplication of effort? And how can we make sure that we can give these people who are coming from an awful situation the support and assistance, assistance that, 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 that they need? And as you heard me say yesterday at the council meeting, and this is something that's going to be required for the long term. You know, this is not a short, uh, quick response. This is something we're going to need for a year or two or more. Uh, and the real effort, I think, at the volunteer level and at community level is going to be when refugees are placed into communities. Uh, where they will need support in terms of languages, where they will need support in terms of education, where they will need support in terms of getting back into work, uh, where they need support in terms of transport, as you mentioned. So there's a huge coordination of services that have to be provided to these people so that they can be given the proper support to settle into new communities. The, the crisis we have with our own housing situation and people homeless, etc. How can you get a balance there that these issues, you've already mentioned we have a housing crisis, how can you get a balance... Um, within what we have to deal with here in Ireland and what we're dealing with the people coming in from Ukraine. How do you do that? Well, I think, I think that balance can be achieved. Um, again, if you go back to when we accommodated the Syrian refugees, um, as I said, we, we provided almost 50 houses for them at the time. Um, but it didn't impact on our ability to provide social housing. Uh, and that was one of the conditions that we provided and accepted the refugees in and helped them. So we, we couldn't be doing something that could that would impact on people that are on our housing list, sometimes for several years that are waiting for housing. So um, so again, what we're looking at here is additional resources that would have to be made available so that it doesn't impact on our ability to provide social housing to people that are on our housing list for, as I said, in some cases, quite a few years. Um, so I think that those additional resources, I expect, will be made available. But we were looking at, at all types of accommodation options here, Adam. I think, you know, as I said, we... We've had there's been fantastic response from you know communities uh, across the county that are offering community halls that are offering other types of accommodation that may well be needed. We may have to have dormitory type of arrangements for these people, depending on the numbers and how quickly they come. So, um, but we were doing this in a way that has the least possible impact in relation to our ability to provide uh, and continue our social housing program. And in fact, I expect that we will 
um, increase our social housing programme and ramp that up as well uh, so that we can deliver more houses than we have currently uh, planned, which is up to 400 units per year.